you may have realized that being healthy feels different than it did in the past now that you're over 50. If you want to maximize your health potential but don't have time to read through overwhelming pages of Google links, this is the show for you. Welcome to Healthy Tips After 50. We love doing the research, finding solutions, talking to health experts, and learning what works and what doesn't. Now, your host. She spent the last 25 years dedicated to feeling her best and is here to share her best findings with you, Susan Rosen. Hello, everybody. This is your host, Susan Rosen. And today, I am going to talk about something that is uh, near and dear to my heart. And if you are over 50, you are probably dealing with a little bit of this as well. And that is gray hair. I know that many years ago, well, probably 10 or 15 years ago, I was um, dyeing my hair um, to get the gray out. And then probably, I don't know, maybe about seven or eight years ago, I stopped doing that and just accepted that I had some gray in my hair. And people uh, commented on it. Most people really liked it. I, I did. I got used to it. I thought it looked kind of neat. And then after I broke my collarbone last September, all of a sudden I ended up with like twice as much gray in my hair almost overnight. Even the woman who cuts my hair mentioned it to me. I didn't even have to mention it to her. It was really strange. So I'm assuming that that had something to do with, well, it had to have something to do with the collarbone break. And it had to do with um, my body taking all the protein and everything else um, to my collarbone as opposed to my hair, I guess. And I would have agreed that my hair was not anywhere near as important as healing my collarbone. So that's where I am now. I've got a lot more gray. And like I said, it's kind of fun. So I thought that this article was interesting because I didn't know all of the actual reasons why our our hair turns gray. Um, They do have a a paragraph in here as well about whether illness can bring on gray hair. So I'm definitely going to be covering that one. They have a bunch of some other areas as well. And then they also talk about the, if there are any dietary supplements that can reverse gray hair. Of course, there are a lot of them that say they can. The question is, do they actually work? So we will get to that. First off, let's talk about what makes hair turn gray. Okay. It turns out that There are specialized cells in your hair follicles. They're called melanocytes. And what ends up happening is that they lose their ability to produce the pigment, which is called melanin, that makes your hair be brown or black or blonde or whatever. 
And as you get older, you start losing more and more of those melanocytes, which means that you are not having, you're not producing as much melanin. So that's kind of the short answer. Um, and then they go on and they talk about how what it is is that it's not that your hair actually turns gray, but that, which this makes perfect sense, but that as the new hair grows in with less and less melanin in it, then that is what starts turning your hair grayer or whiter. White hair has just about no melanin in it, which I'm sure you probably could have guessed. As a, it, it produces an optical illusion because since, especially at the beginning, those gray hairs are mixed in with the darker, typically darker hairs, then they look gray as opposed to being white, but they really are white, which I can attest to because I know when mine kind of falls out, sometimes pulls out whatever in my hairbrush, it's definitely white. It isn't gray. Um, there's no color in it at all. But I'm always so interested in what makes up all of these things and particularly has, as it has to do with our bodies, as you can probably figure out. Otherwise, I wouldn't be doing this podcast. The other thing that they talk about here is that what it is that causes those melanocytes to change. There are a lot of different mechanisms that have been proposed, and it sounds like they don't technically know what it is. One that was in a paper in a journal uh, posited that hair becomes gray from a buildup of hydrogen peroxide inside the follicle. And that hair typically doesn't have or has very little hydrogen peroxide in it. And there's an enzyme called catalase, which breaks down that hydrogen peroxide into, um, into oxygen and water. But as you're aging, the enzyme is reduced. And so the hydrogen peroxide can accumulate more, which disrupts the melanin production and that's how you end up with gray or white hair whatever you want to call it they have done some animal research which found that if the immune system is activated like if it is responding to infection that it may also play a role in the hair turning gray so that's kind of along the lines of what I was saying with my, uh, with my collarbone. Okay, so something else they talk about here is whether everybody turns gray the same way. The answer seems to be not exactly. So there was a survey that was done of 4,000 middle-aged people across the world 
that got published in the British Journal of Dermatology that said that 74% of those aged 45 to 65 had gray hair, with men more affected than women, which really surprised me. Because typically, or maybe it's just the women that that, um, complain more about it. People of Asian and African descent had less gray hair at any of the given ages than the Caucasians did. They also found that the patterns of graying differ. So there was another paper. Boy, I guess a lot of people really find this interesting. There was another paper in... Um, oh, I'm not even going to try and pronounce it anyways, that focused on Koreans that found that gray hair tends to appear first at the temples in men and in the frontal area in women. Okay, that, that would sound right. And that premature graying tends to occur on the side and back as, a com- as compared to late onset graying, which tends to affect the front more. And that the hair in men's beards usually goes gray sooner than their head hair. And underarm pubic and other and um, chest hair um, sometimes stays dark until old age. Um, now, when they say sometimes, that means it can go either way. Let's see what else here. Back to that um, thing about illness bringing on gray hair. They have said that certain autoimmune disorders and certain other conditions like HIV, uh, Hodgkin's lymphoma, chronic protein deficiency, severe iron or copper deficiencies, and obesity, that those could increase the risk of premature graying. And that there have been some observational studies that linked premature gray hair to an increased risk for certain disorders, such as cardiovascular disease and osteoporosis. But other than that, they, they could only show some a few correlations and they couldn't prove cause and effect, which, which kind of makes sense because... The people who have these issues, the way they eat, the way they exercise, um, everything else about them, where they live, none of that is going to be the same across everyone. And so there's, I think there's just way too many variables for them to pick one and say, oh, that's the one. Okay. Next is about stress, and they talk about um, people who have just overnight gone gray or gone white. Um, They say that graying does have a genetic basis, and that stress can hasten, uh, quote-unquote, hasten its arrival. So, they haven't I have mm, I can't talk today. They have a hypothesis, or maybe that's an hypothesis, that stress hormones lead to inflammation and free radical production. And that this in turn affects melanin production, 
or the bleaching of melanin. Um, they say that as for quote-unquote going white overnight, um, there's no hard proof. You know, there's a lot of stories. There's historical reports, but nobody's got any actual proof. Um, two of the people who supposedly turned white the night before they were beheaded were Thomas Moore and Marie Antoinette. But again, it's, um, you know, they don't really have some proof. It's more anecdotal. They do say that there could be a plausible explanation, and that could be that stress brings on hair loss, and that that could specifically target the dark hair, which would leave only the white hair left. But that would be kind of bizarre because it's not that people would just say that the that the hair had changed color. They would have said that half the hair was gone. So they don't really think that that's, um, that's it. Although they have, I guess they have also seen some cases of spontaneous repigmentation of hair. And again, they have no idea why. Um, I, I guess someone will decide to get um, concerned about that and start looking into it even more. Um, I had never heard of this one. Somebody, I, There's a question that was answered about, does smoking cause hair to go gray earlier? Well, that's interesting. It's the smoking has actually consistently been linked to premature graying. Um, in the Indian Dermatology Online Journal, they looked at more than 200 smokers and they found that they were two and a half times more likely to go prematurely gray before age 30 than non-smokers. Oh, I guess I was really lucky then. Um, don't smoke anymore, but I did when I was in my, in my 20s and 30s. So well, actually just mostly 20s. Um, and there was an, a second study in the Journal of the American Academy of Dermatology that linked smoking to premature graying in young men. They say that it's similar to the process that has been proposed for stress where free radicals produced by the smoking could damage the cells that produce the melanin. Um, they have a little piece here about embracing your gray. Um, I certainly did that. I, I never got all that upset about it. Um, my mother was totally gray by the time she passed away. I don't remember exactly when it got to that point, but then again, she was almost 96 when she passed. So it's not really surprising if she had had her hair gray like that probably for 10 or 15 years. One thing that they say is that you are better off loving your gray, mostly because there's a lot of harmful dye chemicals and you would be using that, using them on your hair, unless you're very diligent 
about either the the dye that you use or the dye that your hair person stylist uses. There are some out there that don't have any chemicals in it or don't have any of the dangerous chemicals in them. But obviously, by looking at the shelf in the drugstore, a lot of people are still using the old kind that have a lot of chemicals in them. So I would say go with the gray and embrace it. Have it, let it be something that you can talk about with people. It's a great conversation opener. I had mentioned that there are some supplements that are being marketed for helping you get rid of your gray hair. Um, some of them contain that enzyme that I mentioned, catalase. Um, they, a lot of them have herbs and minerals and other things, um, green tea extract, ginseng, or saw palmetto. Very interesting kinds of stuff. I would never put those with it, but then again, I'm not making it. But there's no evidence that taking the enzyme orally can actually affect the enzyme that's in the hair follicle or the catalase levels. And as they point out here, there's a really big assumption, which is that the enzyme even gets out of your stomach without your stomach acid just breaking it down and then absorbing it. So, or breaking it down. Um, and so it wouldn't get absorbed because the acid obviously breaks it down much lower than smaller particles and stuff than what your system can use. So there are studies, again, mostly in Indian journals, that link premature gray hair before ages 20 to 30 with nutrient deficiencies. And those associations don't actually show causation. And that doesn't mean that those particular ingredients can't reverse the gray hair in older adults, but um, I think it's kind of uh, questionable from what I'm, I'm seeing them talking about here. And as usual, the FTC has actually taken action against several marketers of these kinds of supplements. Um, some of those are, uh, I love these names, Get Away Gray, Go Away Gray, Rise and Shine, and Gray Defense. Um, and they have actually stopped these people from making their claims. Um, and it looks like also have kind of put them out of commission, but they keep resurfacing same ingredients, but new names. So here are some of the new names. Bonnie Hair, Anti-Gray Hair 9000, and Gray Hair Rescind. I love it. They're making the same claims. It's got the same things in it. And um, <laughs> they just repackaged it with a new name. Why am I not surprised? Okay, 
Well, that's the end of my gray hair talk. I don't know if you find it quite as interesting as I do, but I do so love learning about all of the the details of why things are the way they are. And since I look at myself in the mirror a number of times during the day and see my gray hair, and like I say, it definitely probably doubled in number um, or amount after I had, after I broke my collarbone. So I think there's probably something along with that stress. And I also think that my shoulder or my collarbone needed the protein. And because there is some protein that goes into your hair. But anyways, I am totally hypothesizing. The only thing I know is that it did become a much larger percentage of my hair that is gray or white, depending on whether it's in my brush or on my head. Okay, that is going to be it for this subject. I have some... um, I actually have an interview I'm going to be doing and and recording for the podcast this coming week with someone who has a lot of experience in helping people with their diets and improving their diets. I thought it would be particularly interesting for all of us here. We need to be more careful about what we eat as we get older. And so we will uh, see what she has to say. I I have talked to her and very um, well-educated and has learned a lot and has a practice, coaching practice in helping people who need to change their diets in order to change their health. So I'm hoping that we will have that for next week's podcast. And then I have two two more, one the following week and then one the first week of March. It's kind of fun to change up around here. And I will be looking for more people to come on the show. If you have anybody you want to recommend, uh, please do send me a comment or leave me a comment rather, or you can do that anywhere you listen, or you can do it on my website. That I think is going to be it for today. I will say that I am not a doctor. And this is not any sort of professional medical advice. Anything that you have questions about, you need to go and talk with your own physician. Okay. As I said, that's it for today. I will look forward to talking to you all next week. Thanks for listening. And have a good week. 
This has been Healthy Tips After 50 with Susan Rosen. To stay on the cutting edge of the most effective health strategies, subscribe to this podcast and let us know what you thought of the show with a comment or like on iTunes. Visit HealthyTipsAfter50.com for this episode's show notes, more resources, and free offers.